Genesis chapter 3, so uh, very easy to find this morning, really a nice easy one. Uh, everyone knows where that is, you just start at the beginning and turn about four pages in and you'll be on the right page. So, uh, so uh, Genesis chapter 3, and I'm going to read from verse 14, uh, 14 to the end of the chapter, and uh, you will think, oh, this isn't very Christmassy, or even very Adventy, but uh, hopefully it will, all, it will all make sense. So Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve, because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good from evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Let's pray for a moment before we... Continue, Father, thank you for your words to us this morning. Words that you have inspired, which speak your truth, which give revelation about the things which are important for us to know. May our hearts and minds be open and attentive to you again this morning. Uh, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, a few weeks ago, you'll remember that our uh, illustrious Prime Minister... Uh, had a little bit of an upset over uh, sort of standards in public life and uh, in a meeting with his MPs uh, he came as close to an, uh, an apology as, um, as he's ever likely to get uh, and said uh, words to the effect uh, I was on a straight road and I drove the car into a ditch <laughs> which was just a lovely way of describing exactly what he said I was on a straight road and I drove the car into a ditch and uh, that's the kind of the, the picture that I want to have in your mind this morning as we think about this, is this passage is uh, the, the car being driven off a straight road and into a ditch. And I want you to imagine that uh, you're in the car and uh, the car is crashed into the ditch and as the car has gone into the ditch you've banged your head on the windscreen and concussed yourself. And uh, as you come to, you have no memory whatsoever 
of anything that happened before the crash. No memory of what the, what the world was like or what you were doing. Or you, Your only reality is what is in front of your eyes as you come around from the, uh, from the crash. And so what you see is you know, a car uh, very badly damaged. Uh, some of the windows are broken. You can see through the broken windows that the bodywork is, uh, is all smashed up and uh, maybe one of the wheels is, is hanging off and then you kind of look a bit further and you, see the, uh, and you see the ditch. And so the conclusion you come to is, well, this, this is clearly some kind of vehicle for driving along the road in, uh, but it's, it's not really fit for purpose. It's, it's kind of bashed up and, uh, you know, windows are broken and, uh, and then you kind of look at the ditch and you think, well, this isn't much of a road. Um, even if I can get the car going, I'm not going to make very much progress along this, uh, along this road. And so you might think, well, uh, well, whoever made the car didn't do a very good job of it. And whoever laid the road didn't do a very good job of it. It's a complete, uh, you know, it's a complete mess. And uh, when lots of people look at the world and look at the circumstances of the world and look at the things that are going on in the, in the world, what they see is a lot of, you know, a lot of brokenness and a lot of mess. We watch our news every day and what do we see on the news? This is the reflection of the broken world in which we live. Things not working in the way that they probably should do. And so lots of people draw the conclusion, well, if anybody made this, uh, they didn't do a very good job of it. Just things aren't working very well and the road ahead doesn't seem uh, very smooth. And so lots of people draw the conclusion, well, uh, the world is in a mess, therefore there can't have been anyone or anything good and perfect and holy that, uh, that created it all. And the thing that we have to remind ourselves of is that before the car was driven into the ditch, uh, it was running along a straight road. And the Bible reading I read this morning from, from Genesis 3 is a description of, of the car in the ditch, if you like, when it comes to our reality and our experience as living as human beings in this world. We look around us and the car is broken in the ditch and the way ahead doesn't seem very smooth. It's very bumpy and it's full of sludge and all sorts of, all sorts of stuff. And Genesis 3, uh, you know, it, it tells us what's, what life is like in, in the ditch. Uh, just three things just to, uh, to pull out that are part of our reality, uh, this car being in the ditch. The first is that uh, we have an awareness of evil. We have an awareness of right and wrong, an awareness of good and bad. We live in a world that is uh, it's just full of so much that is not as it should be, so much injustice. There's so much evil in our world. Just, uh, you know, we've just seen it in the news this week. Uh, you know, just the horrendous things that have been reported in the news this week. We live in a world where uh, evil is part of our reality. Uh, a second thing uh, the Lord says to, uh, says to the woman, says to Eve, your, your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Your husband will rule over you. The implication is that's not, that's not a good thing. That's a consequence of the car crash is that men rule over women. And we see that throughout history, the way women have been mistreated by men, subjugated by men. For so much of history, women have been treated as the property of men, still in parts of the world today. That's, that's the reality. It's a consequence of the car being in the ditch, not driving along the straight road. The third thing, the Lord says to, says to Adam, uh, survival 
is going to be hard work. Nature is not going to be working with you. Nature is going to work against you. Uh, Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you'll eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. By the sweat of your brow uh, you will eat your food. You know, these things, they're, they're our reality. We live in a world where there is evil. We live in a world where there's inequality and injustice. We live in a world where surviving as human beings is, is hard work. Uh, but that's the car in the ditch. And the thing that we, the Bible tells us is it wasn't always like that. Uh, as Boris admitted to his MPs, uh, the car was being driven along a straight road. Uh, before it wound up in the ditch. And uh, the earlier parts of Genesis uh, remind us of what the car was like when it was being driven along a straight road, what the reality of life was like when God first created this world. Uh, Adam and Eve had the privilege of walking with God in the Garden of Eden. There's that lovely phrase uh, in Genesis 3 verse 8. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Uh, That was their reality of this uninhibited relationship with the God who had created them. Living in a reality where they had no awareness of uh, of evil. It simply didn't didn't exist for them in the way that God created the world. Everything was good. God saw that it was good. He saw that it was very good. Uh, When human beings were created, that was their reality. The absence of evil. The absence of all the evil that spoils our world today. What about the reality for the way that uh, men and women relate together? We read in Genesis chapter 1 this lovely description uh, uh, verse 28 God blessed them, blessed uh, the man and the woman. Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every, every living creature that moves on the ground. There's no There's no suggestion that there's a hierarchy between uh, men and women. They're both uh, co-regents under God, if you like, created in God's image. Verse 26, let us make uh, man, and that's mankind, in our image, in our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. God created them in his own image, male and female, He created them and then set them to work together. And then the car was driven into the ditch and it all changed. And what about the world working with us, the way the world was created? Nature worked together in harmony. Uh, Verse 29 of Genesis 1, The Lord God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. Uh, Nature was created to work together in harmony. Uh, Adam and Eve lived in a world where the natural world just produced the food for them to live on without them having to strive, without it being hard toil. So we get a picture of of the car being driven along the straight road of how God originally intended things to be. So the question is, and as we know, uh, how did the car get in the ditch? Who crashed the car? And we know from the story that we crashed the car. Uh, Adam and Eve crashed the car by grabbing hold of the steering wheel and deciding that they could drive it better than God could. And they drove it into a ditch. 
greatest uh, tragedy in history. Uh, mankind was driving along a straight road and they drove it into a ditch. And so we have the reality that we, that we live with today. And, and the reason I'm thinking about these things is because in order to understand what we're going to celebrate in three weeks' time, in order to understand why it's such good news that Jesus came into the world, in order to understand why uh, we need to welcome him, we have to understand what he's come to rescue us from. You know, if you do uh, drive your car into a ditch, uh, you need someone to come and get you out. Uh, you need your, your um, AA membership or your RAC membership or your green flag or uh, other, other rescue services are available. I can't go through them all. But, uh, you, know, you, need, um, you know, you need someone to come and get you out of the ditch. You can't get your own car out of the ditch. And it's because God loves us so much that even when we grabbed the wheel and drove the car into a ditch, he didn't give up on us. His love for us was big enough. His grace for us was big enough that he came to rescue us and get us out of the ditch. And uh, you can only really, I think, you, you can only really celebrate Christmas when you understand what it is that we're being rescued from. You can only really welcome a saviour if you understand the need to be saved. And there's a little glimpse uh, just at the end of our, towards the end of our reading, which um, sort of sets things up for what we're going to be thinking about um, next Sunday. And next Sunday we're going to go to another passage further on in Genesis that begins to talk about the salvation that God provides for us. But there's a little, um, there's just a little glimmer of what God planned to do in verse 21 of chapter 3. Uh, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And uh, uh, this is a little hint there of what God is going to do. Because what did the Lord God have to do in order to provide the garments of skin? Uh, well, an, an animal had to be sacrificed. An animal had to be killed in order to provide the garments. And that tees up what we see in uh, throughout the rest of the Bible, that at the heart of salvation is the need for sacrifice. The Old Testament, it's animal sacrifice. In the New Testament, it's the once and for all sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. The Lord God made garments of skin, there's sacrifice involved, and clothed them. He clothed them. There's a sacrifice that leads to Adam and Eve being clothed again. And remember that they suddenly realise that they're naked. They've suddenly discovered guilt and shame. And God clothes them. And that's what God does for us through his son, Jesus, is he provides garments of salvation that clothe us, clothe our guilt and our shame. So, God created a paradise. And we drove the car into the ditch and lost it. But because of his love for us, he didn't leave us there. And next Sunday, we're going to think more about what he did and how he did it as we continue our journey through Advent and prepare our hearts not only to celebrate his birth, but to be ready to welcome his coming again. So let's, we're going to pray just for a moment and then we're going to stand and, and worship and just spend some time 